When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Podcast. I'm your host Lucas with Jonathan, and we are recording at the end of the NBA All-Star break. And while the All-Star game gave us really nothing to be too excited about, we are still going to start. Like, no, it's. Uh, I'm sorry, but it's true. It, it's true. You it know? is. But um, you know, that's another podcast for another day. But today we are going to touch on some Sixers news, and then we're going to go ahead and get into our end of. Uh, mid-season awards that we have so far now of course all these awards awards are in the words of Stephen a smith of espn fluid but we're still going to try our best to nail yeah. these so that being said let's get to the sixers news first uh, i believe it is set that kyle lowry will make his debut on thursday right yes so what are we going what do you expect that kyle lowry is going to bring to the sixers I mean, I think he's a decent backup point guard. Like, I didn't love when we signed him originally. I think you and I talked about that. But uh, it was a little confusing with campaign and, and Kyle Lowry. But I think at this point, maybe give them both a shot, see who looks like the more appropriate like backup to Tyrese Maxey. But I do love that he used to play for Nick Nurse for years in Toronto. They have a good relationship. I think Nick Nurse was able to get the best out of Kyle Lowry. Uh, they He understood when he had to play with Kawhi Leonard that it wasn't his team anymore. He had taken a back seat. Um, and I think Kyle Lowry's at the stage in his career where he knows that what he's a role player and, and what he needs to provide. And he's just really happy to be back in Philly. So I'm expecting him to uh, fit in pretty well, understanding his role and, and having Nick Nurse at the helm, I think will be even better. What about you? Yeah, look, I think uh, being somebody that can teach the system to other guys, Nick Nurse's system to other guys – uh, you know, maybe being a bridge in the locker room for the coaching staff. I think that's very important. And as a former all-star point guard, you know, he can definitely help mentor Tyrese Maxey. So that that's also a bonus there. On the court, as long as he can still defend, run an offense, and uh, stretch the floor occasionally, that's that's all we would need from him at this point. I'm not expecting yeah. all-star Kyle at, the, at this point. That's just too much to ask. But... We're going to look at the injury report now. And from what I understand, it, it appears as if Nicholas Batum will return to the Sixers um, 
in tomorrow night's game against who, who are we playing tomorrow night? I don't even remember. Our first game back, it is against the Knicks. Okay, so let me start that over. So now we're going to look look at the injury report, and we're going to look first at who's coming back, and it appears as if Nicholas Batum is set to come back against the Knicks. Now, it was you know it was debating whether or not Melton will be coming back, but right before we did this podcast, Noah Levick of NBCS Sports and uh, CBS, sorry, ah, which are they get NBCS Philly. Uh, tweeted out that Melton is listed as out out as of well, and I know there was optimism for him to come back. He should be coming back anytime now, though, my understanding of it. And then uh, Rocco is still about three weeks out, and who knows how much further Joel's out. I think he's about two weeks away from his uh, from being reevaluated. So we'll we'll see what happens there. Any thoughts on any of that? Yeah, I mean, I'm glad to hear, like, I know Melton may not be back tomorrow, but I'm glad to hear that him and Batum are on the upswing. I mean, whether they're all going to be starting, we had that conversation last week with Buddy Heald. Uh, it's just good to get star players back. And yeah. only having Joel and Rocco really seeming more long-term. Rocco's is kind of interesting because I never really thought that it was, like, super, super serious, but he's been out a substantial amount of time. We obviously would love to have him back, but Joel is more important. If we can get everyone healthy except Joel as we head down the stretch, I'll feel a lot better about maybe how we will be able to place ourselves seeding-wise, hopefully yeah. hopefully, like optimistically heading into the playoffs. What about you? Yeah, look, I didn't think that Roko's injury would be this long-term. Uh, kind of, you know, we got to wait to see on Melton as well. Hopefully, like you said, we can all get healthy towards the end here, and including Joel. You know, if we could get two weeks of regular season play where Joel can get some, you know, knock the rust loose, that would be fantastic for the Sixers entering the playoffs where they could range anywhere from the fifth seed all the way to like the seventh or eighth seed. Who knows? But getting a healthy Joel and a healthy roster back is key. But last thing, Sixers news-wise, they did sign Bluecoat's uh, big man, Darius Baisley, to a 10-day contract. What is your initial reaction to this, and do you think he's a keeper or not? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was interesting. He's a uh, – because he, a couple of years ago, he was pretty, pretty he was a, highly yeah. touted yeah, prospect. So Yeah, um, he was in I the mean, uh, Thunder rotation during the rebuild, yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm definitely interested to see, like, what he's able to – do, uh, there's clearly a reason he's been in the G League and not been bouncing around in the NBA a little bit. But I think that his upside is still there. I know he's really young still. So I, I'd like to see – give him a shot. I mean, yeah, we're really injured right now. Give him a 10-day, see what he looks like. And then, as you noted, like we could give him another 10-day or, yeah. you know, like – yeah, I, I don't. I kind of like it. What about you? Look, it's not a bad move. I mean, you're in, now that we've we've ran out of you know trade options for centers, you got to look at in the free agency market and using a ten day on a G League guy who was a former, I believe, Baisley was a for, former first round pick. I'm not 100 percent sure there, but he he was in a big ro- part of the rotation for the Thunder during their rebuilding years. You know, he has upside. He he's six nine. He's strong. He can rebound. He can finish. You know, the, the thing I think that's most shaky for him is the jump shot. So we'll, we'll see what happens yeah. there. He's He's been putting up about 20 and 9 in the G League, I think. 20 and 9, 20 and 10, something like that. So he, it's going to be interesting. You know, can't be much worse than Mo Bamba. So, you know, who knows? We'll see. 
Uh, yeah, I don't know if he's a keeper. Him a or shot. Not. Yeah, why not give him a shot? Yeah. Look at the young guys before we look at veterans, right? So, Jonathan, I know you've been excited for this. So, let's go ahead and get into it. Yeah. So, obviously, as Lucas said, not much that we wanted to talk about happening in the All Star game. We covered a little bit over the All Star weekend. Still missing Sixers basketball. So, I figured it would be the perfect time to do um, our midseason projections for all NBA teams at the end of the season, as well as NBA awards. Um, we'll also include runner up in these uh, these awards for like the NBA awards, not the, the mm-hmm. all NBA teams. So well, let's start I, I, first. I, I did I did make honorable mention for all NBA, but I'll, I'll, you, you go first. That's fair. All right, so let's start with all NBA first team. I'm going to kick it over to you. Who do you have on that list? So my list is, and remember, this is positionless now, right? Yes, positionless. Great point. Yeah, so I have Tatum, SGA, Kawhi, Doncic, and Jokic. All right. I have a very similar list, so there's not too much discussion. I have uh, SGA, Luka, Tatum, Jokic, and Giannis. Giannis instead of Tatum. Okay, that's that's fair. No, that's Giannis fair. instead of Kawhi. Giannis yes. instead of Kawhi. Yeah. Okay, so Giannis instead of Kawhi. My thought be- process behind this is, is that the reason why I can't give Giannis first team is just his team is in turmoil. It's been in turmoil all season long. And they're they're slipping right now, and that yeah. that that impacts this. That that does play a part into this. Fair or unfair? That for me that plays a part. No, it's fair. Now I I will say that Giannis is the first player on my second team. All right, who's your second team? Giannis, Donovan Mitchell, Durant, Curry, and Anthony Davis. One more time, Giannis. So Giannis, Donovan Mitchell, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and Anthony Davis. Okay, wow. We have a different second team, but Okay. Um, All right. A little go. bit of crossover. My all NBA second team, I got Ant Edwards, Jalen Brunson, Ooh. Kawhi Leonard, LeBron, Kevin Durant. Okay, so no big men in your second team. No, not really any big men. I went Ant Edwards and Jalen Brunson. I gave them the lift because I think they're really playing well. Uh, you had, I think, Donovan Mitchell and AD. I will have them mm-hmm. in future, but it's tough. Okay, okay. So, hold up. Who was the crossover that we had? Steph Curry? Kawhi. Oh, Kawhi. No, Kawhi was on my Oh, no, the team. crossover, we had Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. So, Curry didn't make your second team. He did not. So the only person that we have is Durant. Everybody else. Okay, interesting, interesting. All right, well, here's my third team. Brunson, Booker, LeBron James, Anthony Edwards, and Sabonis. Wow. All right, so my third team is Donovan Mitchell, Halliburton, Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, Paolo Bancaro. Paolo Bancaro? He wasn't even on my honorable mention. Yep. He's not. No. I have him. No, you don't have LeBron James making all NBA? Wait, LeBron's on my second team. Oh, okay. My bad. My bad. Okay. I don't have Devin Booker or Sabonis, I think, were the different ones. Okay. All right. So that's that's interesting. Okay. And you put in your place, you put in Paolo Bancaro, and who's the other one? No, so I had Paolo, Donovan, Tyrese, Steph. Tyrese Halliburton. Okay, okay, there we go. Yeah. So you re- I had Booker and Sabonis, and you had Halliburton and um, 
I'm sorry, who was the other? Paolo. Uh, Paolo. Paolo. So you only have one, two centers on. Wait a second, no, you don't even have Anthony Davis on your list, do you? Yeah, he's on my third team. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. Okay, so you only have two centers on your all-NBA team. Okay. Yeah. So, I yeah, mean, Paolo it's wasn't even. So who, who did you have just left off? So Joel obviously would be on this list if he was healthy. He'd be first team, no, yes. no questions asked. But in terms of players that still qualify, number one is Halliburton, number two, Maxi, number three, De'Aaron Fox, number four, Damian Lillard, number five, Paul George, number six, Jalen Brown, and number seven, uh, no, eight, eight, sorry, yeah, eight is, no, seven, sorry, seven is Bam. Okay. So I think a lot of those people like would be on my honorable mention. Obviously, Devin Booker is well, the, the first person I felt bad about leaving off because I truly thought like. So 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 let me ask you, why did you choose Halliburton over Devin Booker? I'm curious. I think Halliburton is like having a big jump this year. I think Devin Booker. We know so, he has about 100 percent average- healthy. He's only averaging one more assist a game. He's shooting the same percentages, same points. He's only averaging one more assist a game this year. So he has – I mean, Booker's been a little unhealthy. The Pacers he, are He's a still lot qualified. More of a, he still qualifies. Yeah, I know. But the Pacers have been a lot more of a surprising team, I think, than the, uh, than the Suns the Sun? at okay. this point. Okay, the Pacers are still playing team, though. Yeah. Okay. So I'm – I, it was close. Trust me. Like I was struggling. I was like looking at the list and I was like, Oh, I have enough. And I realized that like I had left off Steph Curry completely and I had Devin Booker in there and I was like, oh, man. So, 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 so bonus. So you gave no love to any Kings players. What's up with that? No, for Kings players. I mean, I'm just going along with what everyone else is doing in the NBA, which is giving no love to Kings players. <laughs> That's not fair. No, look, Sabonis is averaging nearly 20 points, 10 rebounds. I think he leads the league in double-doubles and lead leaguer in rebounds or rebounds and is averaging eight assists a game. I, I think you've I got I think Sabonis is a great player. I think he should have been an all-star. I think he's fringe. He's one of those players where I'm like, he could have made an all-NBA team, but and maybe he will. Maybe he will, but I don't know. Look, I, I just think you give it to him. But uh, okay, fair enough. So that that's all NBA. What's our next? All list? NBA. So now we're gonna go to a few more teams that you have to give selections for. First up, we're doing all NBA defensive. There's a first and a second team. So tell me who's on your all defensive first team. And this one, I really want to reiterate: positionless. Okay. All right. So I have Anthony Davis, Rudy Gobert. Drew Holiday, Alex Caruso, and Derek White. Okay. My all-NBA defensive first team is just straight centers. Rudy Gobert, Jared Allen, Victor Wembanyama, Chet Holmgren, Anthony Davis. Well, I will say that Wemby did make uh, my my second team. I will say that. Okay, let me hear your second team. Okay, my second team. Got to give Kawhi love for looking like prime Kawhi again defensively. He's stepping it up. Got to give it to Jalen Suggs, one of the better defenders, underrated better defenders right now. Showing real strides in Orlando. Wemby, of course. Wemby's on this list. And then your boy, SGA, is also on this list. 
And I rounded off with Ant Edwards, who's low-key being a very good defender this year. That's okay. I appreciate that. I, again, went all bigs. Really? I don't think there's any any standout guards. I think Caruso's great. I think Kawhi's great. But I think these five players have been playing better. I went Bam, Chris Stapps, Giannis, Derek White, and Shea. I did give some guards. Okay, love to Derek White and Shea. Um, I think Caruso's right off that list as well as Kawhi, but dude, the big no Drew Drew Holiday love. I thought Drew Holiday was one of the best perimeter defenders in the NBA. Yeah, I just think that right now that there's players that are better. I I think you went a little overboard with the centers there, my good sir. (laughs) I might have. I might have. Look, I definitely would not have Chet on first team and probably not second team. Really? Uh, no. Why? Because you can't have a major weakness as a as an elite defender. What's his major weakness? He gets bodied. So does Victor, kind of. Yeah, but Victor's a much taller player that can not be taken advantage of quite as easily. Okay, but if you're looking at, like, the best defensive players – like in the league right now, you, mm-hmm. like I truly think the majority of them are big men. And okay. if this is going to be a purely big man award, or like can be, then why not? I mean, you do you, homie. That's that's all I'm going to say. Look, like I said, I I think I tried to be as fair as possible. I got two centers and three guards on my first team, and then I have yeah, you a did. Forward, I think you did it well. Four uh, a forward, three guards, and a center on my second team. So like. Look, that's 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 how I feel about it. Jared yeah, Allen was a did. fringe player. Jared Allen was a fringe player. I did consider Jared Allen. Now, I think this is the one okay. where we're going to have some fun. Yeah, the uh, the all NBA rookie. So I only put one team for this. So I'm going to fill out the second one as we go. But who is mm-hmm. on your all NBA rookie first team right now? My first team is Wemby, Chet, Brandon Miller. Jaime Jaquez, George uh, Wayson. Oh, I added a fifth player. Oops. Um, yeah, you need five. No, hang on. One, two, three, four. You had Wemby, uh, Chuck, no, I Brandon. Jaime. Oh, I added a sixth player by accident. I need to fix that. I'll just get rid of him because he hasn't played consistently enough, even though I think he's better than some of the other players here. He just hasn't gotten All right, enough so what's, what's your first team again? Sorry, sorry. It's Wemby, Chet, Brandon Miller, Jaime Jaquez, and Keontae George. Okay, so mine is Wemby, Chet, Brandon Miller, Jaime Jaquez, and Kaysen Wallace. Really? I, I, I didn't have him make my team. Really? I thought either he's been one, either really one. Well. No, like, I mean he was he was on the short list, but honestly, no, he did not make either team. I think there are some better options. Well, what I would say for Kazen Wallace too is he's not going to light up the stats. He's not going to be like a yeah. showy person. But what he did, what he's doing for the Thunder now is what he did for Kentucky. He's a lockdown well, uh, defender, and he and he's plays his role. And here's the thing, though, rookie all all rookie team is all about the stats, and you know it. Yeah. No, I hear you. Yeah, that's 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 where I was thinking of. Okay, so all I'll right, tell you my your all NBA second team. Yeah. So the 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 player that I had to bring down from the first team that I accidentally added was Cam Whitmore. He's on the second team. Yeah. 
Scoot Henderson, Gigi Jackson, Brandon Poe, the the guy the the guy that from Golden pods, State was pods. pods. Yeah, pods. Derek Lively and Ashore Thompson from Detroit. All right, so we are going to be very similar here. I obviously left off Keontae George from first team and second team, actually. Uh, really? But really? my second team is Cam Whitmore, Asar Thompson, Scoot Henderson, Pods, and Derek Lively. Derek Lively, man, I'm going to tell you, he might be the steal of the lottery here. Yeah, he is balling right now. So I, I think, that's I, good, I I think, think he, he might be all-star potential at center, to be honest. Like Honestly, kind of, I was surprised to hear he was a rookie. Like I thought he'd been around for a minute, but no. Nope. Yeah. And you know the you know who they have on Dallas's uh, staff right now, helping uh, you know develop him. Who? Oh. Tyson Chandler. Really? Tell me that there isn't a better comparison than Tyson Chandler. No, that's a really good comparison. Yeah, look, that's fantastic. I'm still kind of split on Scoot. He might end up being great. He might end up being a bust. It's too early to tell. Cam Whitmore is a scoring machine. We'll see if he can add anything else to his game. Look, Keontae George, I am telling you, you leave him in, leaving him off your list is a mistake. Because I think that's, in about... That's fair. I just think, like, I think, yeah, he has the stats, but I like Cason Wallace as a player. No, no, no. And I, and I look, I get like Cason Wallace as a role player. I think Keontae George has borderline all-star talent potential. Okay. All right. By, by the we way, Gigi Jackson, got, got to shout out Gigi Jackson for helping the Grizzlies like not be a complete and abject failure. He, he's 6'9", wing, forward. Yeah. He's, he's fun. He's fun. And, no, now, if player. the Thompson Twins can only get jump shots, because they can't shoot worth a lick, but if they could, they would be so much better. Maybe they can learn. Magic learned. I mean, there's always a chance, man. Look, so that being said, we are done with our all NBA teams. Now it's time to get to the fun part here. So you have this. I'm actually going to do this in reverse order of what you have it on here just to, you know, build the suspense a little bit here. So let's talk about executive of the year. Who do you who is your first place winner and who are your two runner up? I have two runner ups. You don't have to have two, but I have two. Yeah, I did one for these. Um, Look, you and I talked a little off air before we started. I thought this was tough. I don't think there's any executive of the years out there that are amazing. I I have have one that I think did pretty fantastic. So I have two. I think one is just feels wrong to say, which is Leon Rose. Ah, that's Um, who I had. That's, that's That's my pick. It feels wrong to say, but he did great. He is truly, I mean, we've, we've said it before. You got Burks and uh, Bogdanovich and OG Ananobi basically given up a lot of some young talent. Yeah. Yeah, So um, I have him. I also have my runner up as Brad Stevens. Ooh. ooh, Okay. Did not consider Brad, but I'm actually going to go with Lawrence Frank as my runner up from LA Clippers. Clippers GM. Yeah. Clippers GM. Because, yeah, that took a lot of cojones to uh, make the deal for James Harden. And it it did not look good at first. But they've hit on some younger guys like Amir Coffey, who they've taken a few years to develop. The only blemish is that they didn't didn't trade P.J. Tucker before the trade deadline. That being said, I guess my third place would be uh, the Kevin Pritchard guy from Indiana. 
Okay. I thought he did pretty good too. That's a good one. Yeah. Okay. So who is your coach of the year? All right. So I think this is getting a lot tougher by the day. And mm-hmm. I and there is very little room between these two. But okay. Mark Dagnall currently is coach of the year. I mean, he has the Thunder. They were 10th seed last year and mm-hmm. now they're on the verge of being one if they if they play a few more get a few more wins. My second, because of the streak they've been on, is JB Bickerstaff. Ooh, Man, he took that team ooh, over spicy. four. Yeah, he took the Cavs team over four years ago, and since then they've progressively gotten better year after year. And now they're playing well. They have a lot of players who have bought in, like backcourt. You have Mitchell, Lavert, and Garland all rotating, getting a lot of play. You obviously have Allen and Mobley. I just think he's gotten the best out of a team. Like we always say. Uh, Spolster's always been able to get the most out of a team. If Spolster that has wasn't less in the play-in, I probably would have given it to him this year. Yeah, so I think Bickerstaff, if he can, if somehow the Cavs can, like, they're not going to close the gap and, and pass the Celtics, but if they can stay in the two seed, I think he has a strong argument. How about you? Who do you have for Coach of the Year? This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working. The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So I could not put Bickerstaff as one of my two backups just because, like, that that performance in the playoffs last year was just horrendous. Okay. It was horrendous. Well, I can't, I can't, I, I can't, I can't ignore that when thinking about this. So my number one choice is actually Ty Lu, because I don't think he's gotten it yet. Okay, he has a really good case to get it this year. He dealt with the uh, in, you know, integrating James Harding into a, a team. They were zero and five at one point with Harden. Now they're on a you know really good. Like I think since those first like ten games, they're pretty much like oh like they have like a twenty and like less than ten loss record. Like the the Clippers are a real threat in the West, and I think Ty Lue being able to, you know, integrate James Harden is a big deal there. So I I and you know he is one of the best coaches you know postseason coaches, and I think it's time that we acknowledge that in the regular season as well. So Ty Lue is my number one choice. Diagnos, my second choice. My third choice would have been uh, Finch from Minnesota. Just, you know, yeah. going back to a, uh, you know, Twin Tower lineup, that is not conventional in today's NBA. Though I will say that if Carl Anthony Towns was playing back 20 years ago, he probably would be a power forward. So that being said, this does work. And, you know, it's interest. It's interesting, man. So, yeah, no, the, I, I have Ty Lue as my coach of the year, though. Yeah, and I think Chris Finch is a good call-out, so I like that. So, I'll be honest. I forgot about Clutch Player of the Year. All right, I well. I totally forgot about that. So, I will let you go first. And Clutch I Player make- of the Year, I got Steph Curry. I still think he's got it. He's shown up in fourth quarters this year. Um, he's currently, like, the favorite on a lot of sports books. I think he's been playing great. Um, other than that, my backup, I, I think there's a couple. I think SGA won this last year, and he definitely is in consideration. Also, Dane Willard. I know he hasn't been shooting as well as he has, but, I mean, we saw his clutch, clutch three. He hit from, like, the logo one of the games and did his damn time. He's still got closeout ability, so um, 
I, I got Dame as my second. I'm going to go with an unconventional name here. I don't really have a backup here, a runner-up per se, but I, I will go with Jalen Brunson. Okay. He is the engine that makes the Knicks go. I don't know the stats, whether or not he, he that backs him up, because honestly, it's kind of hard to figure out, like, stat-wise, who this belongs to. But, like, he... He is the reason why, if the Knicks are in a close game at the end of the game, he's the reason why they win it. I think yeah. that is fair to say. So I, I will I will go with with him, Jalen Brunson. I guess my backup here, I'll go with SGH too, sure. Why not? All right, so who is your sixth man of the year? Now, this was tough for me. I'm not going to lie, but who do you have? So I think it's – yeah, I think it's tough. I think there's a couple in consideration. But I think the leader in the clubhouse right now is Malik Monk. Interesting. Um, he could be a starter on other teams. He played – he didn't seem like the best role fit, obviously, when he was the Lakers. But since he's been in Sacramento, he's been playing great alongside De'Aaron Fox, who he played with in college, obviously. Um, he's averaging 15 points per game. He's shooting 45% from the field and 38% from three. Those are quality numbers. And he's also getting 5.3 assists, which is – very impressive for like I think that's a career high by double but like I guess last year he had 3.9 but before that he never had above like two two something so uh his assist and playmaking has me putting him one and I think second I'd probably have Tim Hardaway Jr. So I actually have Tim Hardaway Jr. as my number one here he's the high scoring one here and that usually is who the award goes to he's become pretty important to how the Cavs rotation works he's kind of like that third score for them when either uh, Kyrie or Luca are not on the court so I, I think that's that's pretty easily there my my um my runner-up is actually a tie and they're both on the same team here my runner-up is Russell Westbrook and uh Norman Powell Norman Powell okay Either one of them, I, I think, like would those. be good qualifying for this one. Uh, I would love to see Westbrook get it. Just, I don't think he will, but I think it would be fun to see a guy who's won an MVP, who's going to be an all, who's already a seventy-five top player of all time, who's going to go down as the most athletic point guard in NBA history, win a, a Sixth Man of the Year award too. It doesn't happen very often. I mean, I know yeah. Bill Walton did it. Uh, who else did it besides Bill? Um, James Harden did it in reverse order. First as <laughs> yeah. a sixth man, first as a sixth man, and then and then as an MVP. But like it doesn't happen too often, so I think that would be a cool storyline as well. Yeah. All right. So, uh, rookie of the year. Who do you have as rookie of the year? I right, this is want- this is. I think we're gonna have the most debate here. All right. Um, I'm going Wemby, and Chet is second. And I Ooh. think the way I put it this way is. Chet was leading for a while. Wemby, everyone had the hype on him, so obviously he's not living up to this impossible hype to live up to. I said at the beginning of the season, people said he could like walk on water. So now when we're actually seeing him play, expectations have tempered a bit. I think Rookie of the Year is one of the ones where people don't care how your team's doing. Like A lot of other awards, people care about how your team's doing in terms of All-NBA, MVP, DPOI, stuff like that. But Rookie of the Year, I mean, Wemby got a triple-double with blocks the other day, and he's just... Leading the NBA in blocks, he's he's playing incredible. So I have him first. How about you? Yeah, I, I thought you were still going to have Chet. That's why I saw it said this oh, okay. was going to be debated. But no, this is Wemby's award to lose now, I think. 
because his stats have gotten better because now guess what? They finally have a point guard on the floor with him starting, and that's uh, Trey Jones. Uh, now he's averaging like 20 and 11, I want to say, like you said, leading the league or 20 and 10 and leading the league in blocks. He's becoming more efficient, cutting down on the turnovers. I mean, as long as he continues to trend up, I don't see why he can't win. Like there's like the reason why that Chet was in the conversation is because he was more efficient on a winning team. The efficiency gap yeah. is closing and it's becoming clear that Wemby is starting to figure things out. Yeah. And now that he's I mean, don't get it twisted. Like Joel still still put up 70 against him, but um and he's still going to have to grow as a player, but like as a rookie, I don't know if you could ask much more from a rookie big man who's like Super tall and underweight, so that's that's cool. So yeah, I agree. All right, um, these I we don't have it this way, but in these last three, I want you to go first because I've had had the uh, previous one. So let's get you first with most improved player. Okay, most improved player. Okay, I'll go. This is very hard for me to say, and I think we're going to disagree on this one here. I have yeah. Kobe White. Yeah. I have Colby White as my most improved player. Maxi is my second option, and then Jalen Johnson is my third. You sound disappointed as if you were thinking the same thing there. So well, let's no, so I have it opposite, but I think like I truly, I think I've taken the bias out of it, and I still think Tyrese is first. But I, I think that gap is really closing. So well, I don't let's, blame let's, you for let's talk. Kobe let's White. talk this out. Like let's talk between these guys. Okay, last season Maxi was a starter. He was the third option on offense, right? He goes from yeah. that to being the primary ball handler, second option on offense, right? He jumps from 20 to 25 points, three to six assists. Uh, shooting efficiency is close to the same. Kobe White goes from, you know, what we suspected to be a bust of a lottery pick. And he was coming off the bench for the Bulls, averaging around nine points per game to currently averaging 19 points a game, and it's yeah. going to keep on rising. He's averaging around 22 for the last couple of months. He's averaging 19 points a game. I don't know the assists, but I know they're improved too, and he's still pretty efficient as a shooter. So He's doubled his assists from 2.8 to 5.3, almost okay. doubled. So I think, look, when as we're going through this and I'm looking at these stats, I think in terms of like the actual true definition of improved, you might be right. Like Kobe White has doubled points and in, almost doubled rebounds and assists. Uh, yeah, and he did look like a bust. It's just that Maxi's having such a breakout year. But yeah, yeah and, I, right. and look, look, the Homer part of me wants to say, oh, it's still Maxi. Is it though? Is it? Let's let's take the bias out. Let's take the bias out. If you, I think it's close. I it is close. However, you know, you go from a third option to a second option. From and then the other guys going from a bench rotation guy who wasn't always even getting minutes to now being the starting point guard and almost averaging 20 and 5. 26. Yeah. So, like I said, I, I think it's Colby White. I, I look, you can you can say Maxi, and I'm I would be happy if Maxi won it, but if we're being honest of who probably deserves it in terms of the definition of the term of the award, yeah. Then, then it's Kobe White. All right. No, you're probably right. You're probably right. You might have convinced me. I, I don't want like doing that, but, you know, when the moment calls for it. All right. So, so you, let's go. We're getting down towards the end. Let's go defensive player of the year. You're going to hate me for this, but I don't yeah. hate myself because I refuse to give this player any more defensive player of the years. I'm going to give it to Anthony Davis. 
Lakers have a pretty good defense, okay. and he is anchoring that defense. He is still a top five. Def- you know, he is still, you know, statistically a top five defender. And I think he anchors a pretty good defensive team. So yeah, I'm going to give it to Anthony Davis. He hasn't won it yet. Is in that because are you spiting? Are you spiting Rudy Gobert? I would never publicly say that. But it feels that way. Uh, you said it, not me. <laughs> All right. I'm giving it to Rudy Gobert. Boo! I know that that's not what anyone wants to hear. No one wants to Boo! be like, ooh, let's go. Yeah, trust me. I hate I it. Did, I, um, I did have Gobert as my second option and Wemby as my third. So uh, Wemby's my second option, and I don't think it's out of the question for him to win. I, think I don't he, think they're going mean, to give it. I, they're not going to give it to a rookie. They're not. He's averaging 1.1 more blocks per game and 0.5 more but, steals but the, per the game. The Spurs are a terrible defensive team as a whole. No, I get it. And, yeah, that's where I said before, like, uh, other awards people do take in, the team's performance, and, yeah, they are awful as a whole. I think Wemby is top three in this for sure. Um, but, unfortunately, I got to give it to Rudy Gobert. Yeah, that's that. Uh, you look, you are probably making the rational decision here. Hey, I, I know this podcast hates Rudy Gobert after, after Chris. No, 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 no. This podcast doesn't. I hate Rudy Gobert. There's a difference. <laughs> Yeah. He is not he is not on the Ben Wallace level. He is not on the Dwight Howard level of defenders. He's just not. He's not. Yeah, that's fair. If, if that's Ben fair. Simmons can score 41 against you, you are not a defensive player of the year. Like I don't and know how was else to year, say it. that was years ago. When he still won, was winning the award. I know. I said All what right, I said. That's fair. I said All what right. I said. I have spoken. All right, let's get to the well, now it's probably not too controversial. This sucks. When we were doing All-NBA, obviously, Joel is not going to qualify. He won't qualify for MVP. So I don't think this is as probably hot take-ish as it – or, I mean, contentious well, as it has been in the past. Maybe. All right, who do you have might for MVP? Be. So with Joel out, we're really just deciding who's runner-up here now, right? Yeah. So, well, in, yeah, I understand. In, in theory, not in practice, right? So – but my choice for MVP is going to be the best player on the best team in the NBA, and that's Jason Tatum. Okay. I, All right, that, that's that, that's my your, argument. He's the best player on the best team. When you don't who's have your a runner up, my runner up is SGA and Kawhi. What is this disrespect? You don't even have Jokic in your top three. I mean, that's Jokic insane. Was <laughs> Look, that is. Crazy. Look, look, Jokic is doing the same thing he's been doing every single year. I'm sorry. And he's been the MVP two uh, out of the last three years and could have been three out of three. So mm-hmm. he's my MVP. Jokic is my okay. MVP. I feel like you're okay. spiting him because of the MB. You can you can think that. I'm I actually was trying <laughs> I actually was not being biased when I had when I did not have Jokic in this. And I will say something interesting that you brought up, like, I, it's crazy to me because I had SGA as the second. I think Tatum is getting disrespected. And I don't yeah. know that it's – I don't know that this is true, but I'm sure you saw the All-Star Weekend interview where he said that uh, because he lost in the finals three years ago, people had this opinion of him and he has to, like, maybe win a title before people start respecting him again. Basically I, implying that he's disrespected because it came up in the, a question about MVP. So he's I implying mean, that he's disrespected. I mean, I don't think he's wrong here. I mean, yeah, they did not finish the job in the finals against the Warriors. Look, honestly, I thought you you were going to have SGA here, too. 
I got them I, too. I can we talk about SGA though? Because like, honestly, like the the probably the only reason why I don't have him one is because he hasn't. He's not. He doesn't have the experience yet. Regular, like enough regular season or postseason experience for me to really say this is real or not for him. But like in terms I mean, of counting he's numbers, second in points and thirteenth I mean, in assists. I mean, like, but like, yeah, exactly. Like in terms of counting stats, like it's probably better in terms of actual counting stats. He's probably better than than Tatum. But like I you said, you think he I, also gets screwed because of the uh, playing in OKC? Not a big. I market. think that's part of it, but at the same time, Durant and Russ Westbrook have won MVPs in OKC. Valid. But I will say that I think it will take him longer to get the MVP because he is in OKC. Yeah. By the way, Boston has not had an MVP since Larry Bird. And that's wild. That. That, that 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 is wild. And like Jason Tatum, we can agree is you know a top ten player in the NBA and arguably top five, right? So why not have him as our MVP this year? He is on the best player on the best team. And I don't think you can name five players better than him. And You're right. MVP, and honestly, in the past, that has been such a big criteria. Best player on the best team was like usually what people did. It was never a definition unless, of most unless valuable. Like I think you make a good Unless case. there's a historic season going on, which right now there isn't. There is no historical seasons. Now that Joel's out, there is no historical seasons going on. So now my default is to go to the best player on the best team. And to be fair, SGA is uh, the best player on a top two team in the West. So Yeah, I think you're argument, making a good case for him. Like like I said, I I maybe you could take Kawhi off and put Jokic third. That's fine. Whatever. I just like the fact that we're starting to see Kawhi healthy and looking like himself. Maybe I'm a little yeah. biased towards that. But, and he is key to their success, absolutely. But Tatum, best player on the best team. SGA has no help whatsoever in terms of offensive load. Yeah. And he's, in, you know, he's putting up these insane numbers. Like, I can't put Luka up there. I can't. The, the Dallas Mavericks aren't that aren't good enough, and he has help. Yeah. And you could say, oh, Tatum has help. This is true. However, it's not like with the Steph Curry and uh, Kevin Durant situation where you have two superstars. You have an all-star in Jalen Brown, and then you have a superstar in Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. Now, you have a lot of very important role players. Yeah, like, and I think Porzingis is – yeah, yeah. Porzingis is a all-star level talent, but, like, you're not I, – I don't think that should take away from Tatum. I agree. Oh, I think he's that, getting a little disrespect. So, so, so you, so you made a good pitch. So so did I convince you to have Tatum number one, or are you still going to go with Jokic? Oh, no, I think it's a lock on Jokic. <laughs> okay. Not convincing me on that. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Is Tatum your third thing, now behind SGA? Yes, he is. Okay. Uh, okay. One thing that I know we're not going to – we're not doing around the NBA, but one thing just before we uh, leave – did you see the J.J. Redick, like, rip Doc Rivers? And oh, then, like, five I, forgot, out- I knew I forgot something to put in there. Yeah, let's And then let's five hours about- later, uh, yeah, okay. So, basically, on first take, J.J., they played a clip about Doc Rivers saying getting hired during the um, hardest road stretch of a season is never a good idea. 
And uh, there was a lot of talk around first take, and they hadn't brought it up. And JJ was like, is no one going to talk about this clip? There's always an excuse. When you're with the Clippers, like, there's an excuse. When you're with uh, Philly, there's an excuse. Like, it's always someone else. He never takes accountability. Ripped him. If you haven't seen this clip, look it up. Uh, like, five hours later on the jump, not that it's no longer the jump, NBA Today, uh, Austin Rivers was like, I don't need to defend my dad. He's a grown man. But basically, like, the best years of your career were with my dad in, in uh, L.A., JJ. And it's it's pretty wild. We got a little drama. What were your yeah, thoughts? Let's, let's, let's break this down because you forgot to mention that Pat Bev tried to get into it on Twitter with JJ, too. So let's – I didn't Pat see Bev, Yeah, no, he did. He was just like, Doc saved your career because you were about to be out of, like, the NBA, and then Doc gave you that opportunity, and oh, JJ damn. was like – uh, JJ was like, no, I had a four-year offer to be a starter on another team. And Pat was just like, then why didn't you go to the other team? And don't say just because of L.A. That's the summarization. I, I'm not reading the exact tweets, but that, that's the summarization, folks, here. So let's let's break this down. First off, JJ, going off, that's out of character for him. He doesn't usually yeah. blow his cap like that, but I guess there is some uh, deep-seated stuff there. That we know that that Clippers core of Lob City did not end on good terms, and I yeah. think we saw a little bit of why lack of accountability from the head coach. But let's let's break down what JJ just said. Is that true? Does Doc Rivers not take accountability? I mean, I think yeah, I think he's right, and I think JJ mm-hmm. said like no, I I don't think I know JJ implied other players in the league and other players who played for him think that, and they know it's true and. I, I don't think Doc is I, – I think we both agree he's not the best coach, but I don't think he just, like, throws people under the bus. But I think when he feels attacked, he is less likely get to take accountability. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah he, so he, I actually he, think it's a fair comment by JJ. I don't, think it's, I don't think it's unfair. Now, maybe the way that he presented it, presented it seemed a little – was a little bit over the top. But was it unfair? No, because it was true. Was it something that needed to be said? I don't – I don't know, man. That's that feels like something you, that you don't air out on TV. I don't know. That being said, let's go to what um, Austin said. Austin said he got the best years of his career with uh, in LA with Doc, and maybe JJ had resentment because he got benched in the fourth quarter because of defensive issues. Yes, we know JJ gets benched in the fourth quarter because of defensive issues. That's not the story. The part that I want to focus on here. Was his time in L.A. the best part of his career, yes or no? I'm a little biased to say no because I thought the way that he shot and the way he was able to free up space when he played with Embiid was incredible. Like in terms yeah, of no, production, I, yeah. I was going to say in terms of production and, and maybe like shooting percentage and stuff like that, maybe – I don't know. I don't have the stats in front of me. I'm sure he – like he did play great in L.A. He was a good – like a – yeah, no, well, he was averaging like 14, part. 15 a game, right? 14, 15 a game. Yeah. But in, in but, Philly, he was averaging 18, 17 in those two seasons. So I no, think the best version of JJ was with the Sixers. Now, maybe it wasn't the best stretch because it was not that long of a stretch. But yeah, okay, fair enough. Whatever. Now to Pat Bev. Pat Bev, no, you're just trying to defend your coach. Okay, we can respect that. That's fine. Look, we, we miss you, Pat Bev. We love that type of energy. That being said, no, you're wrong. Don't go there, Pat. Bev. Yeah, Pat like, what? Been a Milwaukee Buck for five minutes, and he's already like jumping on grenades, being the defender of everything. Like, well, that's what I, that's like, what Pat that's what Pat 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 Bev does, and we love and miss that about Pat 
bad. Okay, so like, like he was he yeah. was trying to defend Philip Petrusev in a game. Remember? Yeah. No, I do. So like, that's look, him. I, but I, yeah, I he's lo- his loyalty. His loyalty changes fast. I mean, look, he's loyal to his team. His team now is the is the Bucks. I don't expect him to still be loyal to the Sixers or JJ Redick or whatever. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, I think he probably had a little more. He's got issues with JJ from from that time too. I mean, so. yeah, yeah. Like I said, that that team did not end on the best of terms. So that's fine. Look. So anyway, that that's a good way to cap it because I forgot to mention that in the in the Sixers notes there. That that's that's good. Um, yeah, all there's right, no big around the NBA. It was just definitely had to talk about that. But yeah. no, this was great. We uh, appreciate our listeners as always. Thanks for. Um, tuning in please listen to us wherever you get your favorite podcasts apple spotify google if you listen to us on apple please leave us a review continue to read our work over at the sixersense.com we got nba basketball returning for a 30 game ish home stretch starting tomorrow so we'll be back with basketball talk next week and until next time go sixers Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.